So the question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard themselves, grow and prosper in today's real estate market? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Muchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hi, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am so excited to share with you our newest head podcast sponsor. You know, and this is a company called Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a landlord tenant software that has everything you need to manage your rentals from your phone or your computer. No need to be tech savvy, download multiple programs, or hire a specialist. Rent Ready is easy to use for everyone. And if you do have a question, their customer support team is available to make sure managing your properties doesn't have to be harder than it already is. Rent Ready has a feature for every step of the landlord process. You can list your vacancy for free to realtor.com and doorsteps, find quality tenants with a full tenant screening process, send and e-sign leases right from the app, and track maintenance requests. Yes, there really is one app for all of that. Best of all, not only is Rent Ready easy to use with awesome customer service, but it's affordable as well. Get a subscription of Rent Ready for as little as $1 a year when you sign up for their annual plan using code ROCKSTAR. That, now that's crazy, a dollar a year, why wouldn't you go sign up just to see, even if you've got one tenant or wanna try it with one of them? So that's right, you get a whole year of Rent Ready for just $1 when you sign up at rentready.com. It's spelled R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com using code ROCKSTAR. Real Estate Rockstars, welcome back. I am your host, Aaron Amuchastegui, and happy November. I guess it's a happy November. We got two months left in the year. You know, we just As I'm recording this, we just had our election yesterday, and we have yet to figure out the results. It is super, super close, and I think a lot of that is going to determine how everyone's November is. So as we enter November, this is that special episode where we review all of the episodes that we pushed out in October. We give you a few minutes of each of them to listen to just the best parts to see which ones you're going to go back and want to listen to the whole thing. You know, if you guys have been listening in October, you're going to notice that the first four or five episodes we did in October, I recorded, I was doing the hosting, and then I was out traveling. And so we had a series of other people out there pushing out those podcasts to you. We had Paul Morris interviewing a couple people as our other guest hosts. And he had some fun, exciting stuff on there. We also did some of the Real Estate Rockstars classics, which means we took some of our highest downloaded podcasts from years past and brought them back for you. And on those, you got to have the one and only Pat Hyben interviewing the guests. So as we go into that, I hope you guys love this episode. You know, listen for the next, you know, it'll probably be about 30 minutes long. You're going to hear the best of the best and figure out what you want to go back and listen to. So here we go. First one up was episode 932. This was when I interviewed Joseph McCabe and it was from an agent broker to business magnet. So he he took his brokerage and he just expanded so many different things. You know, brokerage, mortgage, title, all sorts of different things. That's episode 932. Here's a few minutes of it. Let's talk about like your first transition though. So the you get your brokerage, you build it up, you have agents, you're still I mean, you're still just in real estate, just in focus in the real estate transaction space. And now you've added on a whole bunch of things. Was mortgage the first ancillary business you you latched onto your real estate company? No. So it's funny that you said, keep your eyes open for opportunities, because this is something that even just as a sales agent, I noticed with other realtors and teams, and they really had blinders on to all the extra money that was out there. 
you know, whether it was an agent making, selling that home warranty to get the referral fee, but mainly with brokers and team leaders, having a title company, having a mortgage company, those are crucial as a broker. Um, and maybe even as a large team, you need to have those because some people say, well, how are you paying your agents 85% commission? Well, it's not without getting money somewhere else, you know, so I'm getting most of my money and most of our profit comes from title and mortgage, a very large percentage of it anyway. We ended up acquiring two additional title companies. We're in negotiations to buy another local brokerage. We ended up buying a healthcare company, a home healthcare company in Texas, a bar in the Northeast, uh, two little airplanes that we leased back to a flight school. That's wild. So there's just so many opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a way to diversify. You know, Joe, there was a lot of fun stuff we just got to talk about today. We got to talk about when you were a first agent, the, you were going and you were just placing flyers on doors. You weren't comfortable door knocking and having those hard sale conversations. So you just left a ton of flyers. And six months later, you started to get the sale. How you rolled that into then buying your own brokerage and then hiring and then getting out of actually doing deals yourself to building up your teams, starting your title company, starting your mortgage company. And a lot of that's really applicable. I want our new agents out there that are listening to know that I don't want them to get overwhelmed by your story. I want them to know that this is actually something that every one of them can do. And what I really loved about hearing with you buying those businesses is saying, no, it's not, you don't have millions of dollars that you're going and buying these businesses. You're finding somebody who wants to sell a business and you're finding somebody else that wants to help finance that business, whether it could be a a cash investor helping you on it or a bank loan or different things. And just using that analysis of how you can use that money. Really, really great stuff. What is, what's, what's your final thought that, you know, for agents out there, you know, we, we have two different things that are happening right now. Half of the agents are crushing it. They're crushing it because they're getting these listings, they're able to sell them so easy. It feels like it's 2006 where you put it on the market and you're getting 10 offers. And we have a handful of agents, the other side, that are really, really struggling because they're, they're, they're new at this. They don't have the pipelines. When there is less inventory, it's a lot harder. Well, what advice would you give to the newer agents right now that are struggling to succeed in today's environment? The biggest thing that I'm seeing, and I'm seeing it with some of my own agents who were part-time or they just got into business, especially a lot of people are sitting back right now. A lot of the brokers, a lot of other agents are just sitting back waiting to see how this plays out. And you can afford to do that. Um, we don't know how long this will last. We don't know if the market's going to crash. There's a lot of unknowns and you kind of have to put all of that out of your head and keep trucking on as if everything's normal. So work harder, work 10 times harder, work harder than everybody else. Make the phone calls, make the things that maybe you were afraid to do previously. Pick up the phone and, and call people that maybe you wouldn't call as clients and, and maybe they need you. Maybe their agent's sitting back right now on their ass not doing anything. I think that that's it's a really important time to really change your business and come out of this on the other side a hell of a lot richer. And if you are one of those agents who's, who is doing really, really well, start to focus on stacking assets, building assets, things that you can actually buy and sell. It's kind of hard to sell your book of business in the real estate side, but you might be able to do that if you build a large team and you had a title joint venture and you had a mortgage joint venture, or you had portfolio or property management company to start focusing on, do I have an actual asset um, or am I just kind of a slave to my own business? And maybe I have a ton of cash, but what is that really worth? And it, you know, is that something you can retire on? Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. 
You know, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. If you find that, you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is the time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay to get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. All right, and if you liked that one, remember that was episode 932 with Joseph McCabe. Next up, we have State of the Market 59. This was a super fun interview. On this one, I interviewed Cody Sanchez. You know, Cody has uh, different hedge funds that she's done in buying. She used to be a reporter, and then she ran multiple different investing businesses. Right now, it was a unique podcast because we talked about unconventional acquisition. You know, small businesses out there that people will be buying and selling that we think is an ideal thing for real estate agents to learn about right now as we learn about how to diversify our experience. So here's State of the Market 59. If we jump into contrarian thinking, you know, I see it as contrarian is like looking at it from the total opposite way. Is that your is that your plan with that? Yeah. Well, you know what was interesting is I used to be a um, sort of a war correspondent and focusing particularly on um, issues along the U.S. Mexico border. So I started off doing you know conflict journalism and asking a lot of really uncomfortable questions. We've lost the ability to communicate and debate and to question things. I think that is the biggest motivator for success is your ability to do that. And so let's stimulate a conversation that's not clickbait and social media and pushing one side and allow for a space where everybody can ask uncomfortable questions. And that's how I got to contrarian thinking. I love our real, I love that all of our listeners are real estate agents, but lately what I've been trying to teach them over the last six months and share is ways to not just be a real estate agent, use that for your income, but now you need to invest. And whether that's invest in a rental, invest in flipping property, starting a construction company, or it could even be investing in one of these other businesses. COVID taught us to have like a well-rounded backup plan because you never know what business is going to shut down. So I, all you listeners, this is, a, I think this will be really impactful for you. So go, go ahead. So what are you guys doing in that space? Yeah, it's such a good point. You know, for real estate agents in particular, I mean, to me, and I'm an outsider, I have like a few investment properties, but nothing crazy. I, you know, you guys are all about community, right? You know, you sell inside of communities and neighborhoods and, you know, you're pretty geographically dense usually, uh, unless you're somebody like you and you have a wider, you know, plethora of areas because you have people underneath you. But for individual real estate agents, you know, you have a sort of community that you serve. And so what we talk about 
at unconventional acquisitions is how do you leverage your local community in order to buy businesses? It's only one in 10 to 11 small businesses sell within a year. So there are hundreds of thousands of small businesses that will never sell. And you can immediately come into profit from these businesses. So you have this thing going with land, you know, and land <laughs> near, it's kind of, it's the same like RV rental space, right? So somebody told you about, you know, this new opportunity that's out there. You kind of jumped in with both feet and said, well, let me just try this and see how the experiment's working. Tell us about that experiment and is it working? Yeah. So um, it's funny. This my friend, Kate Hancock. Um, she's always got these zany business ideas and she owns a hotel and Thailand and the, or the Philippines, I can't remember. And uh, anyway, we were on a podcast like this and I was, and I'm always curious, like what are other ways I could diversify that sort of have some cross-pollination between my interests and desires and some ability to get passive income and or just try a fun experiment. So she told me that she started buying land near national parks and land was like $10,000 on average for an acre. And um, with this $10,000, she was making about $1,500 a month because she put campers on this land. She doesn't even have RV hookups. Actually, she might now, but she didn't then. And, and what she would do is, you know, on an acre, it's sort of like the RV plot. You can have about 10 campsites per acre is about the norm. And for every campsite, uh, you get a $50 on average charge. And so the moral of the story is, um, for me, we've bought the land. We haven't monetized it yet, but that's sort of the next goal. And But I don't want to operate them. So I'm going to have in Joshua Tree, I have an individual that will operate these sites. Um, in Arizona, I have another individual that will operate these sites uh, because I don't want to do the day-to-day. -day. I just kind of want to set it up, play around with it, and then let them run with it, and I'll do a profit share with them. All right, as a reminder, that was a few minutes of State of the Market 59 with Cody Sanchez. If you want to go back and listen to the rest, you can find it there. Next up, this was episode 933, my interview with Ian Lobus. How did you how did you get those first deals? So did you say like doing open house and you were afraid to fail. You're like, hey, I need to work really, really hard. But the other yeah. side about a commission-based business is if you don't do awesome, you're gonna get foreclosed on. Right. If you don't do awesome, yeah. your car is getting repoed. <laughs> and the biggest thing that motivated me was the bank said there's an auction now scheduled. It's three weeks from now or a month from now. Get out of your house. And I was like, fuck, it's over. Like, so I remember watching my wife pack up our house, like crying on the floor. And I used that as an insane amount of motivation because back then I thought like, I never want her to ever feel this again. I never want her to next to know where the next dollar is coming from. That's, that's fantastic. So you worked really, really hard. Are you have any methods that you would recommend people use that worked really well for you? That first open house. I, I know, I know it very well. I remember it. I actually just drove by it the other day, just reminiscing. I, I just started talking to people and I was just me and I got two buyers from that who bought. Then I started going through the office, like open houses, four or five a weekend. Like there was no counterbalance for me. There was no balance. It was, I got to get this ship rolling. Like I've got to get this rock up the hill. There was no balance. And if I could do it over again, obviously I would do it differently. However, four or five open houses a weekend, get that momentum going, get 15, 20 buyers in the pipeline, start working on some listing stuff. Look, nobody knows what you don't know unless you tell them. Men on Purpose podcast, very cool, very cool name. Yeah. What's, I mean, I, and I can imagine what it's about, but who are you interviewing on there and what are the topics that you're tackling and how often do you publish your episodes? 
we interview high level dudes that are doing amazing things and being amazing people. And they've gone through transformation. They've had a bunch of failure. They've had these moments where their lives were teetering on a, I'm going to lose my wife or my kids hate me or my business is going down and I've got to make this, this shift into counterbalance versus this balanced life that people talk about, which isn't real. You, you, you can only balance so much. You overload one side, you're going to topple over. But if you counterbalance in an equal fashion to both sides, you can live a really free flow life. So we talk a lot about feminine and masculine energy and understanding your emotions and past traumas and conditioning. And we've got some, some really good guests, you know, NASCAR drivers, NFL football players, pro wrestlers, uh, you name it. I mean, look, everybody, Aaron's going to be on here soon. He just doesn't know it. (laughs) What a, what a fun thing you're doing, man. And what I love your mission with that. I love, I love your story of failure to working hard, to success, and then having a bunch of success in real estate and saying, okay, so what's next? What else is there? Like, hey, I've made it. And now having you know the focus on that. All right, so as a reminder, that was a few minutes of episode 933 with Ian Lobus. If you wanna hear the rest of that one, go and download it. Next up is one of our real estate rockstar classics. I thought this was a great one to push out to you guys because this was the original interview when Paul Morris was interviewed by Pat Hyben years ago. And you guys should recognize Paul. He's done a bunch of state of the market podcasts with me. He's been a guest host for a lot of these, a lot of the other ones that came up during the month, uh, Paul helped with. So here you go. And this is a real estate rock stars classic with Paul Morris. Number one is find your baseline. Find so finding your baseline. baseline. Okay. What does yeah, that mean? Find your baseline. And I break that down into two parts and it's, it's part of it is just treating yourself like a corporation. So the first thing to do is create a personal financial statement. Uh, You can do this one of two ways. You can actually do it in a very sophisticated way. Just get get a personal financial statement from any mortgage broker. Now, I don't even do that. All I do is I use, you know, very old school. I use a Word document. I take all of my assets. What is the current value of stuff that if I sold it right now today? If I have a... Uh, a home that's worth $400,000, like really you could sell it today for $400,000 for real, and I've got a $300,000 mortgage, very simple, $100,000 goes into my asset line. If I owe $20,000 on my credit card, that's a liability. If I owe $30,000 in school loans, that's a liability. What directly I mean by baseline is where are you today? Right now, what is your what is your financial health today? If you were going to buy a corporation, if you were going to buy a company, you would want to know, and it's why publicly traded companies are required to do this. They have a balance sheet. What are, their, what are all their assets? What are all of their liabilities? Second one is just to set goals and use affirmations. And, and I'm going to be very, very quick on this one because everybody, uh, you know, every motivational speaker is going to tell you how to do this. Uh, you can find it out on the internet. I just want to i want to tell you a few things that, that I find to be so important. The first thing with setting goals is be brutally specific. Point two is write them down. Anytime you write the goals down, it's just there's a power for me, okay, in translating. I'm making it more real. I'm just writing it down. Another one is put that written version somewhere that you'll see it often, okay, so that it keeps you in alignment. The last one I have, step five, is, is get into action. And you can see how that really fits in 
obviously with the with the do wealth section of our book. And funny quote, we've all heard it, right? And that's what would you do if you weren't afraid? And geez, that's that's inspiring. Except for guess what? I'm afraid. Okay, right along with your listeners. And when I say afraid, I don't mean frozen afraid. I mean, I'm concerned every time I make an investment. I'm concerned. Am I making the right investment or not? That doesn't stop me from deciding. So, so what would you do if you weren't afraid? Boy, that's, that's lofty, cool stuff, but that's not, that's not helpful to me. I'll, I'll throw a few out to you that are helpful, and that is done is better than perfect. I know David Osborne says that one better than me, and I wish I could... You know, done pull is that quote. better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. So basically what you're saying is complete it. Don't worry about, you know, it being exactly right. And, and I'm just telling you, look, look into history and look at, look at your friends and look at, you know, the, the evidence is everywhere you look. And that's that, that the perfectionists are not getting it done. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners, I am sorry to interrupt again, but I want to do a quick commercial break, but this commercial break is different. This is stuff that I think you need, and this is me talking to you about some of the stuff that we had. So, you know, recently we had a lot of people reach out to us and say, hey, why don't you do a real estate mastermind? Why don't you do something where a lot of the listeners can get together and do some Zoom calls and ask each other questions and really just try to brainstorm and work together? I mean, there's a million masterminds out there. I don't know if this is something that we really want to do or not, or if we do, if we're going to limit it to maybe 20 or 30 people. We're just trying to figure out if any of you guys are interested. So if you have any interest at all in joining a mastermind with real estate agents around the country that are part of the Real Estate Rockstars Network, go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind and just join the wait list. It's just a really a formal, it's just an interest list for us to see, is this something we want to be doing? So that's that's number one. Number two, you go to hybendigital.com forward slash foreclosures. We have a two-day thing that we just finished recording. Now it's also inside Rebus University. And so you go to Rebus University and look at it. If you're already a member of Rebus, a lot of you guys are in the, you know, the monthly fee where you get access to everything. So we have a new course in there, 17 hours of content on how to buy foreclosures, on how to find deals, on how to you know do title, you know go to auction, also turn that into clients for your real estate agents, how you can turn somebody that's in default behind on their mortgages into a client. So go you know check out that course, especially for you know you can you can buy the course now, but again most of you guys already subscribed to all that. I just wanted you to know there's another 17 hours of content. Great, great content that I just recorded on there. Uh, that all of you guys have access to now at Rebus University. And then finally, we have software that we talk about on and off. It's called PadHawk. And in PadHawk, you can use that to go find leads. What, uh, you know, so everyone is really, really busy right now. And we're so, so busy. People are selling and they're saying there isn't enough product on the market, right? So they're, they're, they can't find houses. Well, PadHawk will help you find houses before they're listed. It helps you find owners that should be listing their properties or people that might want to get there. I recorded a quick video, it's like six or seven minutes long, for you guys to look at, real estate agent specific, on what how you can use the software in order to do it. So let's go to hybendigital.com forward slash leads. Again, there's a video in there, I talk about how you can use the software to do it. Check it out, if it's something that you like, you may want to sign up for it. 99 bucks a month, that's nationwide, any city out there, and it is a great way to find houses. So right now, people are saying there's lots of buyers, but we can't find enough houses. Well, maybe you can use this software, you'll find something that hasn't listed yet, and make them an offer on their house. All right, back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you for letting me interrupt you with that break.
All right, and again, if you like that one, that was the Real Estate Rockstars Classics with Paul Morris, Get Rich in Five Simple Steps, published on October 15th, where our podcasts are. Next up is episode 934. Now on this one, Paul Morris was the interviewer and he was interviewing Cece Underwood. This was a great interview and she talks about how to get hundreds of real estate referrals annually. And I think if you're a single agent and, you, uh, and you're listening to this, there's a lot you can learn even if you never want to join a team. You know, we use the term, you know, rock stars in, in our industry. Well, my first year in real estate, I sold seven homes. The second year was 14. I wasn't a rock star by any sense of that word, you know, nor was I the third year when I finally went full time. So when you're looking at a team, you're looking at splits, right? Where this value of our time and where we spend it and how much money we make really needs to be a part of that conversation because there's no way I would have continued to make it on my own had I not gone full time, cut the cord and just continue to push forward. Most agents, if they sold, you know, five or seven homes in their first year, that's, that's still good. That's still really good. It's not sufficient for an income though. So on a team, if you're looking at it, all right, well, I can make 40 to $50,000 in my first year, 70 the second and six plus, you know, figures in the third. And there's that opportunity. And you're getting a lot of agent referrals. How are you getting the agent referrals? Why is that? And how is that an important part of your business? I think as agents, as professionals, I mean, it's always looking at raising the bar and this old school mentality of, you know, I don't want to work with another realtor. Like you said, like, it's just kind of what you've been taught. But I feel like in, especially within Keller Williams, it's celebrated to do that agent to agent, right? We don't need a third party. We're not going through relocation. We are the relocation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are each other's biggest advocates. So. Sure. Across the nation, different states. Anytime I've ever gone to a training, I've always made sure that it was in another location, specifically a feeder location, right? You can be very purposeful, even with agent referral lead generation, adding value, always being a giver of your own stuff. You know, we're, we're open book. Someone says, hey, how do you do that? Let me share that with you. Dancing on TikTok, right? There's a, a whole agent community. We've got an agent referrals from TikTok. It's just finding that that common ground and building those relationships. So currently, we've closed 52 homes um, strictly from agent referrals. And a few of those have been local. You know, with your database, you're touching people 100 times a year. Mm -hmm. That is always changing also. Um, Mm -hmm. So because we are so heavy um, for referrals, so out of 219 Right now, we're at 59 that it's strictly from referrals in our sphere. Uh, 52 are agent referrals and 40 are our past customer repeats. So, you know, the majority of our closed sales are coming from these sources. So that's why we want to stay in touch. If it's top of inbox, top of mind, but also not everyone's in their email. Uh, We communicate with people through Facebook, uh, through Uh video. What's one thing that uh, that if you could do a redo on uh, as a as a realtor getting you know getting from your first year of seven houses sold to to right now? What's something in that thirteen years that you would do as a redo? My most important lesson, and I say this, I would stop comparing. I wouldn't have compared myself. I wouldn't have looked at everyone else's business and thought. Hey, I need to do that. Like, I really didn't know who I was as a as a realtor. I was like, oh, I need to be like them. I need to be like them. I need to buy, 
you know, this CRM and pay $3,000 a month and get a thousand leads that I had no business. Like I was never going to be able to call those people, (laughs) you know, just, Hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And it was awful knowing I was not going to be that person. You know, I was, I've always been a marketer. And if I would have, like you said, find your passion, find your strength. If I would have stayed true to that in the very beginning, Uh I'd be uh, in a different place much faster. As a reminder, if you liked that one, that was episode 934 with Paul Morris interviewing CeCe Underwood. Next up is another one of our real estate rock stars classics, how to win real estate negotiations with veteran realtor, Tim Burrell. Pat Hyben interviews him. Here's a few minutes of that one. Tim, what's the first piece of advice that you recommend uh, all agents do when in a multiple offer situation? The first thing you can do is most people will sit there and try to win on the price. One of the things you can do to be much more successful is win on the terms and the quality of your buyer. If you've represented a large number of sellers with multiple offers, you you don't select only on the price. So uh, let me tell you a story that's a good illustration. I represented a bank. We had six offers on a particular property. I'm uploading the offers into a crater. It's on a Saturday, which is weird that the asset manager happened to be working. I got the fourth one in there, and he accepted it before I even got the fifth and the sixth one in there. Well, the person who was the buyer was clever enough to put all of the purchase price as earnest money, except $1. And the biggest thing as far as this asset manager was concerned was being certain that the sale would close. Well, this Hmm. showed him for sure it's going to close because after 10 days of the inspection period, that money was gone. Nobody's going to not close to save a dollar. So I called the guy up and said, hey, 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 I have to present all offers. What are you doing? He says, fine, present them. I've got the one I want. So what this story illustrates is you find out what is the most important thing to your sellers and give them that term. So if you can win on terms, as an example, uh, you know that the kids are in school and that the parents are very family oriented and they want the kids to finish out a particular semester. Give them a closing date that lets them finish out the semester. You might not have the highest price, but you'll be the terms that they want. And so, okay, they miss a little bit of money but they get what they want for family values. So knowledge is power, always has been. Millions of people have done that yeah. for that quote. So find out what it is the seller wants and give it to them. And as a part of this process, if you've got some special feature, some special reason why this buyer will close, um, best illustration I can give you of that is, let's say Granny lives a block down the street and you've got a family with three kids and they want the kids to be able to walk over to Granny's house and have her bake them cookies. Do you think they're going to bail out if they find a little problem in the attic? You know, they're not going to give you a bunch of grief over repairs. So those are the people that really run yeah. to the top. And, okay, maybe they're a 1,000 or two less. Big deal. They're going to close. And the, I, the biggest, I like that. Yeah, the biggest thing to learn as a listing agent is don't go through that miserable experience of looking horrible to your sellers when you picked the wrong person. And this, right. and this, is, uh, you know, this is the key ingredient. Don't be f- so fascinated by the price. Be fascinated by the quality of the buyer. Then look at the price. Okay, good stuff, Tim. I love it. Okay, what's the last one? The last one has to do with how to look good even when you lose. Because there are going to be moments when you don't win. Uh, And when you lose, at least I've found that the vast majority of the time, my clients don't say it was their lack of uh, effort in bidding. Frequently, they find that it's something they want to blame their realtor. One of the things you have to have is the tools to still make yourself look good even when you lose. What you want to do is go out and um, sign up a backup offer. And a backup offer is a wonderful tour that says, okay, 
you've got a first place offer in place and they've signed that. You want to get the seller to sign your backup offer that commits them that in the event that that first person cancels, you instantaneously have a binding contract that says you get to buy this property on certain specified terms. The wonderful thing about a backup offer is it's a one-way deal. You get to control their property. In, in other words, if something happens to that first offer and they cancel, you control it. You're getting to be able to buy it, and they don't get a chance to go out and open up that bidding war and try to run it up even higher. The second thing is they don't control you. So you as the buyer, you get to go out and go shopping. If during the time that the other buyer is doing their inspections and doing their other stuff, you find something better, you put that property under contract or in escrow, depending upon what your terminology is, and then you call up and you cancel your backup offer. So it's a way to look good that you still have a lot of quality and control and ability even when you don't win. All right. And if you want to hear the rest of that one, go out to our October 22nd release of our Real Estate Rockstars Classics, How to Win Real Estate Negotiations with Tim Burrell. Next up is another one of our Real Estate Rockstars Classics, How to Double Your Business in 12 Months with Daryl Davis. We've got Pat Hyben interviewing Daryl on this one. Here's a few minutes. Let's go. What's the first element of, of doubling your business in 12 months? Don't spend money you don't have. You know, one of the things that a lot of um, agents who are struggling, and honestly, you know, 80% of the agents out there are struggling financially at one level or not. And what they try to do is they look at what a top producer is doing and um, tries to copy what a top producer is doing by taking out websites, doing mailings and postcards, and they're just spending a ton of money, and it's money that they don't have. We'll look at that as the number one important rule, but what about some action rules? We can yeah, so here's the, the second one I'm going to say is focus on building inventory. And I just want to, you know, we've all heard that listings are the name of the game. You need to list to last and all those expressions. Yes. Building inventory is a, is a different distinction than just getting listings. And, and here's the analogy that I use back. If we get outside of real estate, we look at any other industry, whether it's furniture, whether it's uh, clothes, doesn't matter. If I wanted to um, own a shoe store, Pat, I can do one of two things. I can go get a store, get some racks, buy some shoes wholesale, and put it on the racks and promote my store to have people come to my shoe store to buy my shoes. The second option is I find a buyer who wants to buy a pair of shoes, stick them in my car, and then drive them from shoe store to shoe store to shoe store. Now, obviously, the second option is not smart. The second option is not a good way to, to run a business. Um, but that's a, essentially what an agent does. Every time they take a buyer that, and they put them in the car and they're trying to sell them a house, they're literally bringing them to another agent's shoe store selling their inventory. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love this analogy. Yeah, so what, what an agent needs to do, so I tell agents in, in the seminar that it's not, I'm not talking about getting listings. You need to list the last listings in the end game. I'm saying if you have no listing. You have no business because our shoes, our inventory in our business is our homes. Mm. And the more homes you have on the racks, the bigger your shoe store is. Yes. I'm going to give the secret recipe to never having to use a, lit, um, a script again on a listing appointment. I'm, re I'm really against scripts on listing appointments. And the reason why I'm so against them, Pat, when you memorize a script, that's some, somebody else wrote a training course created a script, and that's their words. So if you try and memorize somebody else's words and you go on a listening appointment, you're not being authentic of who you are, and you know it. Yeah. It comes out. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> I've, always, I've always been uncomfortable with um, 
you know, scripts on a listing appointment, but what are you saying to do instead? Yeah, okay, great. So here's what they do, and here's the secret sauce of what I teach. This is the same technique that top agents use. They don't realize it, and it's the same technique that motivational speakers use. And what a motivational speaker does for 45 minutes to an hour and a half is tell story after story after story. And when you use a story metaphor analogy, people can usually relate to what you're sharing because they have a similar experience that they went through. But because they went through that similar experience, they're not just hearing what you're saying. They're literally feeling what you're mm, saying. Yeah, I love it. When I wrote my book, that's what the um, ghostwriter said. All she wanted was story after story after story. It was, And it was chock full of stories of my real estate career. And, uh, and I'm 100% with that. I love stories. For one more, I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Go ahead. What you got? This is this. Well, the other thing is OPP, which stands for other positive people. You know, Tony Robbins taught me something. He said, "You show me your friends, you show me who you are." That, um, if you take your five closest friends, those five closest friends, their income, you average it out, it's probably the income of of yourself. So, so here's my point, Pat. What you're doing is 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 part of that formula. What the agents need to do is they need to keep tuning in to around other positive people. You've got such an incredible service that you're providing people with these podcasts. They need to get religious and put it on their schedule and make sure they're listening to your interviews on a regular basis because it, that helps raises their thinking and what's possible in their careers. So- All right, if you like that one, remember to go back and listen to Real Estate Rockstars Classics, Double Your Business in 12 Months with Daryl Davis. Next up, this was a fun one that Pat got the interview years ago. You have a pretty famous guy out there, especially in the social media world. This was Pat's interview with Grant Cardone, where he talked about how to make $1 million in real estate with the 10X rule. Most real estate agents are great at doing the day-to-day reactionary type business, but very few actually move forward and become investors. So uh, before I get into that... Yeah, uh, that's a crazy that's a crazy phenomenon for me. I've never understood that. I had a guy in San Diego tell me how good a deal was. I'm like, have you bought it? I mean, dude, dude, what, what? he's like, well, no, no, I hadn't. I said, you know, that just reminds me, it doesn't take money to make money. It takes courage to make money. Now that is a pearl. Yeah, I love th- it. Th- th- this is a main ingredient missing in most real estate agents. Like, dude, you're missing a courage. You're missing courage. This is not, this can't be taught in a class or a book. Uh, real, the real estate agents, I've met thousands of them. The real estate agents that most impress me aren't whether they're extrovert or introvert, whether they talk fast or talk slow, how much data they have. It's the ones that have the courage to tell me when a deal's good and when a deal's bad. Mm. What would you say, Grant, was your aha moment for you when you said, okay, now I've got it. Now I understand the key to success in selling, whether it's selling real estate or selling anything. Well, it certainly wasn't when I made my first company. My first company was working. I was just making money. I, I mean, I had an aha then. You know, I mean, I've had a lot of ahas. I was 25, had so many problems in my life. I had this aha, okay? Uh, I, th- I think people have lots of them. Now, now, I've had some critical, critical ones in the last four or five years, after the Lehman collapse particularly. Every, everybody that depended on a vertical, yes, a narrow vertical was punished. Yes. And a point of that was that day I re- realized, oh my God, I went vertical and deep and I got good at that, but I didn't go horizontal. Mm. That was a huge aha. I needed multiple streams that I understood completely. Hallelujah. I wrote about this in a book called The 10X Rule. Look, whatever you think it's going to take, if you want to make a million dollars, you need to make a plan for 10 million, not 1 million, because you're coming up short either way. 
Mm-hmm. If you think you need 20, uh, 20 sales this year uh, to pay for your family, take care of your family, fund your, you, you're not planning on all the problems. Don't, don't go for 20 houses. Go for 200. Let's finish this up with, this, with one rock-solid piece of advice as to you know, what can real estate agents across the world do to be better salespeople because at the end of the day, you are a sales expert. Yeah. And uh, so give us some advice on that. Oh, the real estate agent, I was doing a gig with Barbara Cochran up in, uh, for entrepreneur.com. And I said, look, you guys, you guys need to quit calling yourself real estate agents. You need to start calling yourself what you are, you know, your salesperson. Uh, you know, the first thing is you got to twist your thinking to like, I got to start, I got to get completely immersed in my game or I'm going to get killed. Okay. You really need to wake up like that every day. And number two, you need to learn everything you possibly can about sales, selling, communication, marketing, and branding in the 21st century. That was a fun interview. If you liked those few minutes, remember to go back and listen to Real Estate Rockstars Classics, Grant Cardone, Make $1 Million with Real Estate Using the 10X Rule. And that actually wraps up our October releases. Again, October is over as I'm recording this. We had our election last night and we don't have our results yet. I hope all of you out there are remembering that whoever gets elected in the presidency, that you are in control of your life. And if you haven't listened yet, I mean, it's a November one, so I shouldn't be talking about it yet. But we just published a couple days ago an interview with a guy that talks about you know how the election could impact real estate and the good news for whichever you know, a candidate gets elected. So go back and listen to that one too. And thank you for being an avid listener of Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you for being out there, especially as I traveled and we threw out the Real Estate Rockstars classics and some guest hosts. Thank you for keeping our listenership up. If you guys love this podcast, please share it. Tell your friends about it. We want to help real estate agents everywhere thrive, learn the secrets, and expand their business. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.